If you like growing food, then you might like eating food. And if you like eating food, then you might like cooking food. Well, go check out the first season of Backyard Kitchen available on Tubi for free. Available on all smart TVs and online. That's T-U-B-I. All free. First season of Backyard Kitchen. As we bring our spring gardening series to a wrap, we might want to talk about timing your spring garden harvest. That's right. Right here in the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening. We're your host, Ben in Batavia, and you can find me gardening in the country. And you'll find me gardening in the city. Get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening where we learn to grow and grow for change. Leonard, when you get a chance, go over there and um, clean out Miss Batavia's bell. I think it's a little gunked up. It's got some miles on it at this point. It has all those dead gnats in there, I think. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, you're just sitting there crushing gnats. So look, everybody. Um, patron. If you would like to, to join us, please join us. Link is below. Two episodes a month just for you. And also, as we wrap up our spring gardening series, we've gone through this whole journey. If you have any questions about spring gardening, or as, actually, I'm saying it totally wrong. It's gardening in the spring. Yes. So as we talk wrap up the gardening in the spring series, send us an email, or if you're a patron, drop us a message about any questions you have so we can, uh, we'll answer them on the air. I think we just did a listener question and Batavia and I both looked at each other and we're like, that's exactly why we want them because mm-hmm. they're questions that we can't come up with on our own. And I, <laughs> it was an obvious question. Like when we looked at it, we were like, obviously there's other people that have the same question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say? There's, yeah, there's that moment of like trying to separate what's seriously going on in your garden and only you care about versus things that the many care about. And yeah. sometimes we hear things from people and it's like, well, yeah, we've talked about that, you know, amongst ourselves, but we weren't sure if this is something that was really, you know, helpful for the masses. So it's helpful. In sentence. Yeah. In sentence. In scene. <laughs> moving on. All right. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have to announce. Is that right? Anything else? Mm, I'm trying to think about when this releases. And I think this still qualifies for the 25% off. 25% off. BYG mm-hmm. spring till the end of spring. The last day of spring is the last day of it. T-shirts, mugs, all that good stuff. Link below. Boom. All right. Let's get on to the content. I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah. I'm amped. This is the second most critical part of gardening in the spring for me. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. I'll go with that. I don't know. You've, you caught me off guard on that one. <laughs> so, it's okay. I, uh, I saw it and I liked it. Yeah. 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 You saw me squirm <laughs> a little bit. So we're talking about timing your harvest in spring because as we've gone through all of this, if you haven't listened, you should go back and listen and you'll know that we're not just talking about growing spring vegetables. We're talking about gardening mm-hmm. in the springtime, which is totally different. So what most people are probably doing is they're mixing and matching spring and summer crops. Yeah. So what we've been talking about for this series and for the U.S. in particular, um, March, April, May. And, you know, by the time I've said this before, by the time I get to June, I'm calling it summer. But technically, it's still spring. Yeah. Um, so so that's the period of time that we're gardening in. And um, I've been excited these last couple of years, last year and this year, um, with kind of the possibilities of spring. But there are, there are some gotchas, like the possibilities when it comes to what I could even grow in the spring, the mm-hmm. things I can do. Mm-hmm. My tolerance, hell, for even getting out there and working in the spring. Come on, that's that's new for me. Look, um, early spring can be tough, man. <clears throat> but timing, man, it, it's a bitch, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, th- I think that's important for everybody to realize, too, is the timing is, is, is a pain, but it's super important because I, I feel like this is the time of year 
when you, if you've never gardened before, you can actually get away with having the garden that you always wanted, where you can have your lettuce and your tomatoes growing at the same time. You know, mm-hmm, where you mm-hmm, can have mm-hmm. your cabbages and your carrots and your, you know, you can have your cucumbers and peppers and everything, just everything that makes a beautiful salad growing all at once yeah. with no issues, right? <clears throat> well, but, I mean, plants growing and then harvesting, which is a part of what we're going to talk about, are two different things. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and if you haven't listened to our listener question that we did not too long ago, get out and harvest your plants. Go harvest yeah. from your garden. Don't wait. Um, we're all guilty of that. And you can go back and listen to that episode if you'd like. But when we go through and we're timing our harvest, you want to time for two reasons. You want to get thing. you want to get things at their peak, but you also want to get them harvested and get them out of there. So you can continue to plant if you're succession planning, which I strongly recommend you do. Mm-hmm. Or if you've over planted and you need to thin out that's another option so there's a lot of different reasons why timing your harvest is so important this time of year yeah a lot of what we planted earlier in the spring um let me start the other way so things that we're planting in the summer the waiting game for that is much different there are not all but there are a lot of like fruiting crops right you know so it's not like I planted tomato plant in you know on May the 15th and I can go ahead and get an early harvest on June the 15th yeah no, that, that's not you know I barely probably don't even have like green tomatoes at that point um but that's Speak a different story I yeah, will okay <laughs> A month into planting them? Okay, good luck with that. Yeah, no. <clears throat> so, but you go back to things you planted earlier in the spring, and you have many more opportunities, I feel, to harvest from those plants, right? Yeah. Um, there's some things that, again, there's the start and the finish, your cabbage as an example, maybe your broccoli, but there are a lot of other things, whether they're peas or, uh, yeah, I'll go with peas, whether they're uh, other leafy greens, right? So the whole waiting game should not be something you're playing in the springtime. Um, that's the reason why it's the second most difficult part for me because I am a wait and let it get to like the the last of the harvest days. Um, and you said while it's at its peak, a part of what we're doing is we obviously want to grow nutritious vegetables, herbs, uh, fruits, all of these things we want. We want these things to be tasty. And the truth of the matter is vegetables, many of them taste different based on when you're harvesting, based on how old those plants are. Uh, Younger plants, younger leaves taste different than older leaves, more mature plants and leaves. And so I really perked up when you said, you know, at its prime, because that's not necessarily something I even consider. It's not necessarily a part of my vocabulary while I'm in the garden. And it absolutely has to and should be. Yeah, I... (laughs) While you were talking, my wife just sent me an email. You want to hear something cool? Mm-hmm. Somebody um, that came into her work, she's a nurse. They just finished binge watching Backyard Kitchen season one. <laughs> there it is. Check it out on Tubi for free. Sorry, I saw something. She's like, this person. And I was like, whatever. But <clears throat> got to keep an eye on the wife. You know what I'm saying? She's going to get start. She's going to start to be recognized. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to hear something else? That's kind of cute. This is totally sidetracked. So when it did get released, David knew he's my son, if you're not a regular on the show. And he comes up to her, to us and he goes, mommy, daddy, I just want to know one thing. And we're like, yeah, what is it? He's like, can I have your autograph? I want to be the first to have your autograph. <laughs> I was like, okay. Was he genuine or was this like him, like pulling your arm? Like, no, yeah. he was like genuine. He wants yeah, to get it framed yeah. and everything. I was like, all right, go for it. But, you know, he's just sweet, man. I can't. Yeah, I can't take it. But <clears throat> no, I was so not that sweet at that age. Uh, special. I was becoming unsweet at that point. <laughs> you were becoming sour. Yeah, yeah, I started to sour. But mm-hmm. um, no, getting stuff at peak is really tough because, if you know, I was thinking when you were saying that that. If you ever seen like a farmer when they harvest their stuff, man, mm-hmm. tomatoes are hard as a brick. Yeah, yeah. They're like they're like softballs, man. You know, they're yeah. they're hard and they're green. And the lettuce, I mean, if you think about it, it's got to travel. So you're getting mm-hmm. this immature and the lettuce is different. So it's not that big a deal, but 
if you wait too long, then it bolts. Yeah. And then you lose your flavor profiles. So, you know, that's kind of where we're sitting on this. So that's like one of the big reasons why we want to go ahead and get our harvest in. Lean into the marketing <clears throat> scam that is baby insert, baby leaves. Like lean into that though for your own garden, right? You know, so we probably used to call it just a younger plant, you know, when the plant's young, you know. I've had people that comment on my collard green videos and they say like, I don't like them when they're that big. And I assume that these people are probably saying because sometimes when these plants get, the leaves get that big, they get tough. But it could just be they prefer the taste, the tenderness, uh, tenderness, <laughs> the tenderness of some of these leaves, these vegetables when they're younger. Yeah. That was one of the commitments I made in particular for collards to make sure that I'm harvesting when it's younger. There's also something about the health of plants too. So I don't want to dig all the way into this because I know we have a break coming, but I do want, if we had a buzzword for the show, I think when the vegetable is in its prime and as a gardener, you will begin to learn what that is for the things you're growing. Well, we got to pick up one word. You said the buzz word, not a buzz phrase. Prime is Prime. the buzz word. Prime. I give it not to you. Not to be confused by, you know, big Amazon. <laughs> yeah, don't confuse us with them. But you can check the link below if you'd like any products. I'm just joking. Um, <clears throat> no, it's... You know, you go to a restaurant and you're exactly right. You go to a restaurant and you order fried green tomatoes and it's an astronomical price. And the fact of the matter is we get fried. That's the one thing that everybody can grow is a damn green tomato. You might Mm -hmm. not be able to get it to ripe, but you're going to get a green tomato. You know, I have an idea about that for my garden this year, but we'll talk about that later in the summer. Okay. So um, I'll remember to ask you about it too. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, and it's Leonard. like, well, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Leonard, put it on the long list. The um, <clears throat> the asparagus, same thing. You know, the small, thin asparagus. That's what everybody mm-hmm. wants. Most people mm-hmm. don't like them big ass asparagus. You know, so it's baby potatoes. It just the list goes on and mm-hmm. on and on. And the key is, all of these things are higher priced. So you can not only lean in, like you said, but then you can benefit from it. I don't like a lot of that stuff, though, except for fried green tomatoes. Nothing better, just for the record. Yeah, it's funny because we come from a place of like the big gulp, right? You know, like we want the we want 96 ounces, right? You know, and so then things change and shift. It's in a certain area, meaning, of you know, not necessarily a certain city or state, but there's a certain demographic that enjoys kind of the baby potatoes, will buy the baby potatoes versus the big baking potato, right? So there's definitely a market when I talk about demographic, meaning, you know, someone that's like, oh, I had these new potatoes and, yeah. you know, this baby, <laughs> you know, arugula salad, you know, that's yeah. not necessarily the thing I say out loud, you know. Um, however, I keep on talking about what I aspire to be. You know, maybe I should be looking to be one of those people that's like, everything on my plate is not fully grown. Oh, it's going to be delicious. <laughs> and then in quotations, and then in quotations underneath the photo, it's going to say, I harvested way too early. I didn't pick <laughs> when it was in prime. <laughs> Add it to the episodes, right? I'm sure there's going to be some of that. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> All right, look. So that's why we need to harvest. So we need to sum that this section up. We need to harvest early so we can get stuff in prime, make room for other things, and give our summer crop space to grow. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to this break, and then we're going to come up and talk about how you should wait for it, and then transitioning over into a summer garden. So, Mm -hmm. And then I might have a fabulous recipe for today. Not sure yet. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck. All right. So you're getting close to harvesting. It's getting warmer. The question is, should you wait to harvest? 
Wait for what? Wait for it to get bigger. Wait for mm-hmm. it to take up more space. Just something. Like, mm-hmm. is there a trigger? What should we wait for? I mean, there's a lot of things right here. When we talked about this, I was like, I don't know if this is really going to work. But as you just asked that, there's a lot of should mm-hmm. you wait fors. Maybe mm-hmm. we should break those down. Yeah. Let's tell me which one you want to start with, because I'm full of ideas. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> should you wait for it to get bigger? I appreciate you not saying you're full of something else. Uh, so I think clearly it depends on the crop, right? You know, so let's remove from this section those things that are mature once they kind of reach that end of their life, you know, a cabbage, your cauliflower, right? No, actually, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back because you can still harvest a small head of cabbage, right? Um, so no. I'm going to say, hmm? No, you cannot. Yeah, you can. Only big heads. To, yeah, you don't have to. Um, I think in general, if you are planting your spring, your garden in the spring, and you want to come back, uh, with summer crops, I say don't wait for everything to get big. I think that things that either you want to try or you've already enjoyed in their smaller state, harvest those. We know like for lettuce, I know that you're doing it differently this year, but there's the cut and come again method. Um, spring could be the time where you say, am I just pulling the plant? Does this give me an opportunity to harvest the entire plant at whatever size before it gets big, right? And then does that give me a chance to sub in something that's more summer facing, right? Um, I've been thinking a lot about this as of late, and I've been trying to manage kind of my interplanting plans and thinking about how big things are going to get. How are you going to gloss over my method for lettuce? Okay, go ahead. What are you going to do with lettuce this year? Young Ben. Hey, look, you've heard it, but a lot very, of, there's people that may not have, and this is fits in this excited. conversation. We all are very excited to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it this is the one time that it actually fits into a conversation, though. Right? Yeah, um, <laughs> The one time. So let's just say this is the last time I'll talk about it, maybe not. But it's I'm cutting the whole head. And this is the first year I've done it and it's working out swimmingly well by the way. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. um and the reason why is because I get it's you know gardening in the spring here Batavia said earlier that summer begins for her June 1st. Summer begins for us like May 3rd. You know, it's mm-hmm, like it's super mm-hmm. early it starts to get hot so we can get a lot of bolting. So this year I'm doing something different and I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm liking it. So there's that. But I've started a lot more lettuce seeds this year, too. I was uh, looking at um, a video of mine, again, trying to get this data back into my head. When did I plant out what? How big did it get? What can I plant next to it? Like I'm trying to get all of this back into my head and I'm using videos and pictures from previous years. And it's so funny because yesterday I looked at a container of lettuce, one of those small windowsill containers. And I had started it super early in 2021. And I actually had harvestable, full on harvestable lettuce heads um, and took them outside in March. I think I started them indoors in that same in a container or something like that in January they were like of size right beyond baby leaves even in March I moved it outside and so I'm probably doing this video in April and I can see where I've harvested some lettuce like the cut and come again method but I'm looking at it yesterday and saying to myself girl why don't you just cut that that, you know all of those lettuce heads out you know what I'm saying and it's like I kept on holding and holding and holding I'm going to, to give myself a little grace I don't remember if it ended up bolting right but i looked at it and said you could have enjoyed five salads based on each of those heads of lettuce you know and again that's i haven't fully committed to only doing you know cutting the the lettuce but i am committing to the spirit of you have more of it trust in that yeah enjoy this enjoy it now right um which again goes back to the um I was supposed to look it up. The infamous listener question of why am I, you know, uh, not harvesting my food? And, you know, my sp- 
spirit gardener. Yeah. <laughs> and it's exactly that same kind of premise, right? I'm going to hold on to it, hold on to it, take some pinches off of it. And there is a part of that that I've seen in action in my garden where plants start to get, you know, wilted. They may, I mean, insects may set in, you know, they don't start to look the healthiest. Um, you're still pulling nutrients out of that soil, Right. Come on. Come on now. Uh huh. I see it on your face. You didn't think I was going to go there. Well, there's like, but there, there is a counteracting to that, too. Mm. There are studies that show that having a plant growing in it actually helps f- feed the soil as well. The soil feeding the soil for a plant it that's keeps gonna it bolt. working. It keeps everything yeah. kind yeah. of moving and active versus having a bare space. I get it. Bare space. But I'm not I get talking it too, about a bare space. But I'm not space. proud of it. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to accept it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not accepting it either. Well, I am accepting of it, but I think the idea is it's not. I'm not leaving it there to feed the soil. I am leaving it there because I've moved on to something else thinking yeah. about or doing something else. Yeah. Um, and I'm not considering what could be next. Like I can, in this moment, think back, I could have dropped some beets in that container in April. I could have harvested that lettuce and dropped some beets there. You should drop the beets anyways. <laughs> Had to do it. Had to do it. Couldn't help it. No, you're you're exactly right. And <clears throat> so it's like I I planted one of my containers and it's got a tomato in it and then I actually planted lettuce around it. And as the lettuce goes in, as a um tomato went in is when I actively started really cutting the lettuce out. And mm. then I would replant more because, you know, you've always seen like lettuce and tomatoes grow well together. Mm. So it's like, okay, well let's take advantage of that companion, see how it works. So I'm actually doing that pretty heavy this year. And um, I'm curious to see how it's going to work out, but if I don't, if I don't time it right, and when I talk about this, I feel like it sounds way more technical than it really is, but if I don't time it right, which basically means succession planting it, like if I don't plant my, if I had to harvest, I'm going to give you a visual image here. I had a, a big pot and then I had lettuce going around the the perimeter of it and then I put a tomato plant right in the middle and when I put the tomato plant in the middle I cut the lettuce that was getting the most sun and blocking the tomato and then mm-hmm. I just started cutting around it but at the same time I'm putting in more lettuce plants yeah. in between because they're smaller so it should outgrow you know blah 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 on and on and doing it that way but if I just wait and I look at it and wait for it to get bigger the next thing you know, I'm just going to have flower stalks. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. not what you want, you know, because once it starts, it looks like it's going to bolt. It's going to bolt and it's going to get yeah. bitter. It's going to bolt faster than you think it will. <clears throat> yeah, because you can't stop it. I mean, you can mm-hmm. delay it a little uh, bit, yeah, yeah. but, you know, that's not really how it works. So by sitting there and waiting for and <clears throat> the reason why we're focusing you know, on like greens and stuff is because that's more than likely what you're going to be harvesting to get mm-hmm. out of the way at this mm-hmm. point. Same with broccoli. If you wait, it'll start to separate. And when it that head separates, man, it happens fast. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking at some mustards um, earlier this month, or I guess earlier in April. Um, and I said to myself, there is, there is some, um, some power or... Uh, some relief, maybe it's not the word I'm looking for, but I'm gonna use both of those. And I'm not worried about these mustards when I when they grow. I'm gonna be harvesting them, period and point blank. Like I'm not going to continue to let that those mustard plants continue to grow because I know that it could get too hot for them. So I'm not gonna worry myself about it. Versus in the fall, it's the last of the garden, you know, for yeah. me. And it's kind of like, all right, I'm gonna hold on to this as long as I can, right? You know, I just want a crop of mustards, you know, for the spring. And I'm gonna be satisfied with that. Like your expectations, my expectations have are different than what I thought they would be as I go from like a spring garden gardening in the spring to a summer garden while I'm still in the springtime um, because the summer is still my prime time to shine. Right. So it's, it's really like, let's get what I can get during the spring and with those spring crops. And the truth of the matter is if you waited until the first day of summer to start a summer garden, you would never get anything. 
it just wouldn't happen, you know? I mean, you'd be limited. Remember my my uh, July, I've planted my garden like July 4th weekend. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I didn't get a lot, but, you know, yeah. But, but you I got something. You. But, I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, you got the enjoyment of it. And <clears throat> that's not to say, like, hey, I didn't plant anything up until, you know, it's June 21st. Damn, I let it slip. It's June 21st. <laughs> it's the first day of summer. How am I going to start my garden like i didn't put my tomatoes in yet like that doesn't mean don't do it yeah, but it just yeah. means that the, the you know you've missed a good we're just gonna let's just say 30 days of growth you know you've set yourself back so that's kind mm-hmm. of you know where this issues can arise so by doing that <clears throat> excuse me I'm still getting over this cold it's killing me mm. by doing that you you limit what you can get, but you've all, but at the same time, if you've had like a longer harvest spring garden, maybe you've done better. Like it's just, it's hit or miss. You know what I mean? And it's As, very geo specific like yeah. that, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, fancy schmancy. <laughs> so I was ta- I was on a client call and, uh, I think, where are they in? I think they're in Massachusetts. You like how I folded that in? I did. Uh-huh. And you got to say uh, it slow she, like you used to though. Yeah, I know. Well, I was actually trying to say it slow. Uh, so <laughs> there's an ongoing joke now about uh, my previous inability to say Massachusetts. And so I had to say it that slow. So anyway, I mean, who can be perfect? Not this girl. So anyway, I uh, she asked, you know, where we were from. There's another colleague and I on the phone. We both said, you know, Chicago. And it's like, oh, when's uh, when we were on the call, it was like kind of cold here. And she's like, when's the best time to visit Chicago? And I, he called June and I agreed. And then, you know, I said, but if you really like it hot, come on down in August. So she's like, no, I think I prefer June. But then he said, you know, you probably should still bring a raincoat. So I said that to say, you know, for our area, you know, June could still be chilly, but you better believe you're probably going to have some 60, 70, 80 degree days even. And that becomes a problem for some of our spring crops, that hot, cool, cold, hot, cool, cold, um, a lot of what you're growing in the spring, if you look at that 30 day window that you had, May 21st, let's just call it to June 21st, a lot of what we're growing in the spring is finishing up. Yeah. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, the benefit that I have and I hope I continue to have with being able to grow things like kale all throughout spring and summer, collards all throughout spring and summer. We're talking about the things I'm not as fortunate in with true cool weather crops. They're finishing out, right? You know, so are you just waiting around for them to finish out? Or are you going to take advantage of this and say, hey, let me finish enjoying the last of this thing and get my summer crops in? And we're generally talking about like using primarily the same space, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, most people, well, I had to get everything in my head. Thank you. Most people don't have two beds one spring mm-hmm. and one yeah. summer you know they they mix and i mean i've always mixed and matched i don't know anybody that's ever done that i'm sure there's somebody out there i'm sure and they're <laughs> probably listening and my hat's off to you because if you could do that you probably would be setting yourself up for some really good like resting of the soils mm-hmm. and working mm-hmm. it and stuff like that but most people definitely intermix or- intermingle or a lot of weeds, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> That's the damn truth. Mm. But it just makes sense to kind of for it all to run together. So <clears throat> it's, you know, and this isn't a talk about like know your timing of your plants of when they like to grow and what they like. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about harvesting them. So mm-hmm. there's going to be a point in the year where you have your lettuces And I'm just going to keep using lettuce because it's easy. Mm -hmm. You're going to have your lettuces and then you're going to have your tomatoes and your tomatoes are going to start having green tomatoes and your lettuces are going to just start to stretch if you've done everything right. So now we're into this transition phase of the garden and how do you transition over into a from spring garden, not gardening in the spring, but a spring garden mm-hmm. all the way to your full blown summer garden. How do we do that? Because <clears throat> if we've stayed the course and we've harvested when we were supposed to, 
We've not waited for it to get too big. We've not waited for it to get overly crowded or anything. We're not waiting to see, like you said, wilting and diseases and insect pressure. But at this point, everything is coming up, but we still need to transition over. So there's steps that we can do in order to make it a successful transition. Because this time of year that we are in right now where we're talking, you have put a large amount of stress on your garden soil in your garden, right? I'm just going to nod because you've had many more spring gardens than I have. <laughs> and I kind of feel like that may be like overstating it, but that's just mean, my feeling, not it? my experience. Like, I don't know that you've put a lot of stress. I think your garden just woke up a few months ago. Well, I think that <clears throat> you have plants in there from the spring, some heavy feeders, understandably yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got heavy feeders on there, but what I'm referring to is you've got your spring and your summer crops growing together because once you eliminate them, then you're essentially, I don't, you know, it depends on the ratio on which you planted your garden. Mm-hmm. But if you've done it, you know, let's say 50, 50, you're pulling half of the plants out of there and then it yeah. gives it more room. You know, there's more airflow. There's more, there's a lot more to it than just nutrients in the soil. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's, it's, you know, how much sun can get to a plant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you've let your lettuce bolt and you're trying to save seeds, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to sleep on the seed savers out there. I've got a lot of stuff. I've got, you know, I've got collards right now that are six feet tall. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. I don't know if I can make it all the way until the seeds come. I'm waiting, but <laughs> we'll see. But these are the things that we need to think about because transitioning over is really important. So I think, and I don't know what you've you've done, and I'm curious to know what you've done because I get all ingrained in my ways and don't really, mm-hmm. I get all like grouchy about it. I'm like, I ain't changing nothing. So um, what's the first thing that you do to transition over? Well, this is not a recommended way right but i'm gonna share it <laughs> i love it i love it that's the best way to open right? up anything because somebody says i love a clear bed and i love planting in a clear bed it's a challenge for me to kind of spot plant and that's a part of what we're doing when it comes to transitioning from spring to summer uh, so I try to plant my I've tried to plant my spring things or if I'm transitioning from one season to another in general where it's easy to access and it's easy for me to get that get that thing out in my summer planting. Now there is a lot of both plants are in the garden at the same time. Yeah. And then there's that balance of not um disrupting that previous plant you know the one that's going to be there the longest so sometimes I'll do things like um, last year I didn't pull the full uh, cabbage or cauliflower plant out because it was surrounded by beets which you know kind of like cool weather but I was growing them you know for the summer I just cut it at the soil level because I didn't want to have to pull all of that out, you know, some deep roots and pull soil and maybe some some beet roots out with it, too. So that was a way that I was able to transition and focus on a different set of crops um, while not kind of disturbing those crops. But I still kind of got that plant out, if you will. Right. Um, a another way of the transition to your point of your soil has been working, it's come back in with another round of compost for my new plantings is a way that I transition it. I was hoping you open because I wanted you to explain to me once again, your (laughs) method of planting under things, which I keep asking you because it just doesn't connect in my head. Um, And I think it may be a method that I like, but I can't quite. I wanted to give you a chance because I didn't want to just take over. Um, oh, there's no way I'm going to let you do that. Yeah, I know It's not going to let you take over. Come on. I know. I know. <laughs> <clears throat> but that's... And see, the, and the reason why I asked you is because I know that I do my way. And I know mm-hmm. for a fact you would do different. So what you're saying mm-hmm. is you basically try to start with a clear bed? Well, that's my biggest preference, right? Okay. But I'm not <clears throat> taking... It, I'm not taking advantage of my space in the way. So a thing, an example is... Um, spring crops are planted closer to me as my person and the summer crops are planted further back so it's a little bit harder to get in there to plant them when spring went in first right so if the outside of the bed basically right so and <clears throat> uh, well, no now you asked no, me to go good. back to it i'm finished you're good you're good go ahead 
Yeah. So if I have three rows in a raised bed with kind of, let's call row one the closest to me, row two is the middle, row three is the far end, right? So in row one, I'm going to plant spring things because they're going to be the first one out. Row two, I'm going to plant things that have a longer life. Row three, and this is all happening in, you know, very likely at different times. Row three, the one furthest away from me, may be my summer things because they're going to live there the longest time. Yeah. Right. You know, so you could reverse that if you wanted. But that's a method that I use, um, which makes it easier for me to transition to the next set of plantings. So... What I do is, I mean, you kind of have to start all the way from the beginning of planting, Mm -hmm. but you have to remember, I have, at at minimum, I have a very rough idea of where things are going to go in the summer. So when I plant, I, if I want, you know, my tomatoes to go in one space, then I'll plant something right there, but I'll plant that first. Yeah. And so... I know that as I get closer and closer, have we decided when, or I know we know we have, we've decided, but do we know right now when this show is going to air? I don't know, but keep on talking. I'll figure it out. Okay. Well, cause it's important for what I'm saying. So, I mean, I assume that it was important cause you wouldn't stop in the middle of the show to yeah. ask, but you know, <laughs> give me a second here. Let me do you this solid to help well, you just finish send it over thought. to Leonard. Let him figure it out. <laughs> so <clears throat> the reason why I say that is because as we get closer to the warmer weather what Mm. i do is i go out and i look in my garden i say okay if i haven't let's say i don't have anything planted there right now i'm gonna give you two options one is nothing's planted there so if nothing's planted there i'll go through and i'll go to the garden bed and anything that's bolting and i don't want to save the seeds or is diseased or just really damaged i just i pull up Mm. there's just no question about it it's out And so then that will free up some space right there. So I have a space right now. I've got some broccolis that more than likely are not going to produce anything in time. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be a little bit heavy handed with them. Mm -hmm. And um, all right. Thank you, Leonard. So this is going to come out. We're we're recording this a month ahead of ahead of when it's coming out. So this is what I'm doing right now. So I'm going to go out and there's broccoli there and it's not really producing. It's not getting big enough. So what I'll probably do is I'm going to leave it there for about a week. See what happens Mm -hmm. after that week. I'm going to pull it out and then I'm going to put my peanuts right there. Mm-hmm. And so that's my first step. But then right next to it, I've got a whole row of lettuce. I got real pretty lettuce. Too. I got a pretty row of lettuce. Like I haven't shown you yet, have I? Mm-mm. I'm gonna no, show you're you. You're being my... stingy with your pictures too. I am. Well, I've been gone. I'm gonna send you some pictures of them. I'm gonna post them too. But I got a real pretty row. But I'll go through that row of lettuce and I'll thin it out. Mm-hmm. And as I thin it out, I'll put stuff in that space. And then, like, I've got another space. You can go back to the pot or anything else. I've got the tomato plant. I've got stuff underneath it growing. And as the tomato gets taller, it'll shade it and cool it. It gives me time to kind of space that out, and I can harvest it. On my trellises, I have my peas growing. Mm -hmm. And what I'll do is once they get to where they start, I start harvesting off of them, I'll go out and once I get a couple good harvests in them and I know that it's starting to get pretty warm, I'll go out at that point and then I will seed underneath those plants. So what I do is I, if you look at my trellis, I have um, the grid <clears throat> for the, the wire and mm-hmm. I, I'll space it like every, I think it's every three runs going down, I'll put a seed generally. Mm-hmm. And so when I go out after it's grown and I'm starting to harvest and I'm ready to kind of start thinking about moving on, I will plant in between each plant. And, you know, so you put it in the plant, it gives it a week, it'll start to come up for a week, it's still real tender, Mm -hmm. and then I'll start clearing out. So this happens right towards the end, like when either my family says I'm done eating it, or it's starting to really show its age and get kind of beat up and the produce is starting to fall off, then I'll do that. And so what that does is that allows me and I've all like last year I did all of my trellises that way. I actually left one blank this year so I can get a little bit of a head start on mm-hmm. other things. But that'll give me space to grow these things and be able to kind of have that continuous harvest. So as that seed that goes underneath that trellis comes up, once it gets to be about six or seven inches tall, I start cutting 
you know, and I might only do half of the trellis first and then I'll do the other half of the trellis. So I I can do, you can do these things. You know what I mean? Because that way you're succession planning for both sides, for both seasons. So if you have one seed goes at the one inch mark, the next seed goes at six inches as an example, the next seed goes at 12 inches and those plants are planted. When you talk about planting underneath, are you basically dropping something in at the three inch? Yeah, in between those two. So in between. So you're planting in between and not underneath. Well, underneath never made sense to me. Well, when it grows up, it's underneath everything. Oh, I mean, so I do that. Yeah, I'll do that. But then like with the lettuce, I literally am putting the lettuce underneath my tomatoes. Well, I mean, it's not it's right next to it. But as the tomato grows. Yeah. And bushes out, it'll be underneath that so i'll do that yeah, as well so it's just like a overly literal moment that i've been having every time we talk about this because i have heard this every time as if your tomato plant goes underneath the soil by let's say eight inches let's just pretend when you say underneath i'm thinking like that ninth inch down I'm like how the hell is he doing this what right? the hell are you talking about that would be it, it makes no sense it I makes would... no sense you you said this a half a dozen times every time i'm confused by it every time my interpretation is he can't be doing that and of course you're not because it's not logical okay, i would all right. All right, I finally would, i would have been on i would be going on tour talking about that i wouldn't be sitting on the podcast doing that that would be something special you know we're approaching our 200th episode right and it's basically taken us almost 200 episodes from this to, to click for me listen i never pretended to be a learner yeah well we i'm just a quick talk- study but i need to be able i need the the the, the plans out so i can study them because what sp- you've been saying hasn't been that we speak different that's all there is to it <laughs> So that's how I transition over. I start with the sick. I start with the overcrowded and I start with the, you know, the ready to harvest. And then I just start pulling it out. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those things like you got to put your big, big people pants on and get out Mm -hmm. there and just get rid of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's hard. It is hard because, like I said, I got a real pretty row of lettuce. And it's a pretty mm-hmm. row of lettuce that I don't even like to eat, but I'm going to eat it yeah, anyways. Yeah, there's that too. So, but I'm going to go through and I've got to take it out, you know? Yeah, I think give yourself and your garden the best chance. And that means different things to different people. Um, but when it comes to this, I can look again back on um, bok choy. Mm-hmm. great opportunities where I had a window where I could have harvested again, baby bok choy is a thing, right? I could have harvested baby bok choy. And then I waited maybe a week or two later, which is an eternity for plants like that. And it was like, when did this thing get eaten up? Yeah. You know, and I know from experience for me, your regular bok choy will not grow in midsummer for me. So there's no like, I'm not going to keep this plant and keep on harvesting off of it. At some no. point, it's going to come to its end for me. Um, so I am team. And now, again, I'm saying these things, folks, and I'm not saying that I'm going to be um, 100% in on this. Like my spirit says this, but my actions may say something different as you guys start to see what I'm sharing with my garden. I want to be that. I want to say, pull the bok choy, girl, cook it. You know? <laughs> um, but I, yeah. I mean, I threw the challenge out to the patron that sent that question out and I sent, I put it out there to anybody. If you see it and you think about it, cut it, harvest it, eat it, mm. enjoy it, move on. You have to harvest your garden. <laughs> It's all there is to it. That's why we it grow. Is not, it is not a museum. <laughs> it is it, That is exactly right. It is not a damn museum. This is not a special specimen that you have created and you found the one lonely seed. Harvest it and enjoy it and move on, people. Like, damn it. Oh, but night. that's part of all of this. Because, I mean, dude, every year I, I go through this transition phase and it's like, this is bolted. This is that, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Luckily, now I'm starting to save more seeds. So it's not that as big a deal. Mm-hmm. But it is a big deal because then it's taking up a lot of space in my garden while I wait for it to make the seed. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like I've got, yeah. um, I did some Napa cabbage and I never harvested it. I'm ashamed. I didn't. Har- I looked at it. I even said it on a damn video. This is about ready to go. I think I'm just going to go ahead and harvest it. I don't think it's going to make a head. I think I'm just going to go ahead and take it. Damn it, I didn't do it. And now it's 
it's almost ready. It's like it's seated. It's got the pods. I'm just mm-hmm. waiting for it to turn that corner. And I'm like, damn, it's taking up half of the damn garden bed. I was just going to ask you that. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to take so a picture a of it and tag you in it so you can see. Yeah. I was just going to ask because a thing about kind of the waiting to some things get to full maturity when you don't have to and you can enjoy them before that. Then you transition to things that are overgrown, you know, so not even just that this thing is starting to flower, right? Not even just that. But, you know, this thing is probably now a size that's larger than really that space called for. Um, You know, are you as you're transplanting some things or planting underneath? (laughs) (laughs) You know, are you shadowing things out now because you still got this big ass, you know, cabbage plant in there? Maybe, you know. Well, and the thing is, is I've never successfully harvested a Napa cabbage. Yeah, And now I'm going to have. 4,000, 5,000, 8,000 seeds. I don't even know how many yeah. seeds are going to come off of it, but yeah. there's going to be plenty. I really enjoy consuming it, so my goal moving forward is to mm-hmm. grow more mm-hmm. of it. So there is that, but it's crazy to think about. So I'm for the sake of this conversation and finishing this thought, I'm going to call that a loss. And sometimes we need to experience that loss to kind of get us in gear. So I'm going to guarantee the next time you grow Napa cabbage, you're going to actually enjoy it in your your home. Right. That's going to happen. Right. Oh, oh, wait. I forgot to tell you I have a special announcement. I, Ben Gardner, grew and harvested Brussels sprouts this year and did it quietly and didn't tell anybody. You did it quietly because you weren't sure if this was going to be another losing year. <laughs> no, I did it quietly because I was transitioning over and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to cut it. And the, the Brussels sprouts were the size of peas. And I brought in a pile of plants. And I said, baby, if you want these for dinner, you're more than she said, I'm going to cut them all off and we're going to eat every one of them. Damn and right, Kelly. <laughs> they were delicious. Baby oh, immature Brussels sprouts. So, but see, I'm that's ex- how it took me three years to get to yeah. that. You know, so it's just it's a it's a process. Yeah. Do you want to cover off today or at some point later the how you got there? Like, how did you win against Brussels sprouts? Oh, there's a whole episode. There's a whole series about perseverance and what I like to call intestinal fortitude. So, yeah. So my (laughs) my thought is the zucchini that I am claiming that will come out of my garden will be the best zucchini ever because I haven't had zucchini for my garden since 2019. Yeah. So it's one of those weird things, you know, it's a human thing, right? Like I told you I could take or leave it, but every year I don't get it. I want it a little bit more. I I make the threat of I'm not even going to grow it. You hear that squash vine board? And then it's like, I I guess that is a threat. And I feel like if I threaten it, it'll stay away, which again, isn't logical. And so now I'm actually (laughs) going in, I'm doubling and tripling down and, you know, I'm going to cook that zucchini every which way you can imagine damn right you are and you're gonna love it mm-hmm. so transition over start with the sick this is my stance so mm-hmm. i guess start with the sick go with the diseased sick overcrowded ready to harvest bolted and then pull those out and then start planting so I'm going to make my list um, a little bit smaller. And this is with the assumption that you are not letting things rest in between, which again, it's, I'm going to call it okay for this moment as we were talking about transitioning over. Um, pull it because you have something else. I trust you have something else to plant in its space. Yeah. And if, if you, you don't have something, something else, get something else. The, Yeah. If you got something else hardening off on the porch, on the side of the house, it's it's I have listen now <laughs> I heard myself say listen now uh, <laughs> I have I have been growing uh, heartening off lettuce long enough to basically cut it up and, and, and put it into a salad like <laughs> yep so on that I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna say something about that and then I'm gonna move on mm-hmm. um, I have the same thing and because I'm growing the lettuce the way I am it's not a big deal because then I can just pop that whole plant in the ground and then just harvest the whole thing. So that's mm-hmm. actually been another bonus for this. So yeah, maybe we're good. But on yeah, that note, I mean, there may I I'm not d- doubting that there's something there. There, either I will have more spoiled lettuce. 
yeah. in my house or I will consume more lettuce. The first uh, post office person left my gate open. So I've been watching like, all right, you know, then I see somebody else walking in. And I'm like, <gasps> you know, because we have like uh, package bandits around here. And so it's the, the normal post office guy. And I can rest assured he's going to close it. It's a good guy. Um, so I am going to say for spring, my spring lettuces, I'm going to commit to two percent of them being completely pulled, not cut and cut up again. Do you see how I just backtracked that whole you thing? You did. You look like you're gonna say a bigger number when you said two percent. Well, knowing you, that means you grow two hundred, so that would be four lettuces. Yeah, so. that's I'll pretty good. That's pretty good. <clears throat> All right, everybody, don't go anywhere because I need to give you the recipe of the day. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners. All right, everybody. So I was going to, I had sent out the question of, have I given a fried green tomato recipe? And Leonard comes back and says, we can't get a Brussels sprout recipe. So I'll let you know the Brussels sprout recipe that we use. And it actually was different because I think I've given one before that involved um, maple syrup and pecans and stuff like that. Mm. But Mm -hmm. we actually, yeah, we did something different with these. So... Um, being that they were baby Brussels sprouts, <laughs> that's right. Baby Brussels sprouts. Um, you pay a lot of money for those at the restaurant too, by the way. That, all of this is me wearing you down because you are so <laughs> anti, it's all bull. We, we, again, we know this is the, the great marketing ploy, but I'm wearing you down, man. This is part of your everyday language. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't even think straight. All right. So what we did is we steamed them lightly. So, um, and if the, if they were mature Brussels sprouts, regular size, we would have done the same thing, just steamed them for longer. So if you don't know how to steam, you, we just put them in a small pot and we have a steamer basket and we drop them in with, um, about maybe a half inch of water and just steam them quickly. You get them. So they're just, they turn, you want them just to kind of turn that darker green and to soften mm-hmm. up a little bit. And then we take them out, dry let them dry. And then we heated some sesame oil in a pan. We cut, uh, added the Brussels sprouts, put in six cloves of garlic, salt, pepper. We like garlic, by the way. <laughs> salt, pepper. And then what else did she put in? Um, we used a, uh, a veggie chorizo, but you could mm-hmm. use any kind of, I mean, if you wanted to use regular meat and just brown that with it. And then let those Brussels sprouts get nice and brown and put in, uh, we put in an onion to caramelize with it. And at the very, very end, we drizzled it with hoisin sauce and it turned out pretty good. Okay. I can dig it. You can. The chorizo and the hoisin sauce were a little weird. I'm not going to lie, but it was like a sweet, spicy situation. I did a quick like catalog of do I have hoisin sauce and I don't think I do you so don't. I just I actually opted out of that in the recipe in my head so you could switch out if I was just do it again I'd probably use like a honey or something mm-hmm. it's a more just mildly sweet you know what I mean but that's pretty easy <clears throat> so what are we calling this Brussels sprouts okay. I don't know I don't have a name for it steamed pan fried Brussels sprouts steamed and pan fried I guess mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important to do that, though, because you want them to kind of to soften up and then crisp them up. Yeah. It's like it's because a weird thing. Because you could thing. overcook uh, the Brussels sprouts um, if you try to do it all just in the skillet to begin with. So yeah. I, I can dig that piece of it. Yeah. that's I think that's why most people don't like them because they get the freezer section ones and they're already overcooked oh, yeah. when you get them. God, yeah. those things are gross. My mom used to eat them when I was a kid. There's no way I'd touch them. But now I love regular Brussels sprouts that's probably one of the top (coughs) worst oh you know what 
cauliflower, frozen cauliflower is pretty bad too. Cauliflower is just bad in general. No, it's not. My grandma used to make um, steamed. What was what did she? Use? It was a a um, frozen mixture, and she used to just basically boil it. Cauliflower, maybe it had broccoli and carrots, you know. And so um, she did most of the cooking as I grew up. And that was one of the least favorite sides. But I came from a place where it's like you just shut up and eat or you push it around your plate until people have pity on you. Um, so I never complained about it. But oh, talk about like that exact moment in my head where I was be like, oh, when that's the side. I don't know if anyone in the house liked it. Maybe besides her. I don't know. Terrible. Yeah. I she was like- a good cook. But I mean, there's only, there's nothing you're going to do that's going to be great. Maybe that was that would have been better in some supers. Let's just you know what? Let's just stop stop buying it, folks. Don't put yeah. Don't put cauliflower in soup. Yeah, I just when I said it out loud, I was like, "That's bad too." But what what can you put in this? What can you use this in? It's it's already soft and mushy, right? Because that's what, that's the thing. Yeah, it's like gray water. It's not even like it's not gravy when you're boiling. It's just like this gray water. Oh, is it so bad? I yeah, know she's looking down, but it's, it's. I know I waited for so long to tell you this, but that was it was terrible, Mama. Look. <laughs> She's all right with it. She's probably sitting yeah. there laughing and be like, yeah, it did taste like shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, how many She's like, meals jokes did... on you. You ate it. Yeah. How many meals did I cook? Do you believe everything is going to be great? <clears throat> no. The question is, <laughs> did you do anything bad that day when you ate it? If you think back. Like, was it a punishment? Yeah. Was it a punishment? I hope not because it, it was actually kind of sort of a regular thing. Like maybe like a handful of times a year for sure maybe that's yeah. not really regular but anyway we're moving on we no we're not let's let's hang out for a second i don't want to talk, i just it's not a happy memory <laughs> yeah, well what i was gonna say is um was she alive in the depression yes see that depression era cooking man that's a different story mm-hmm. you know what i mean there's mm-hmm. a there's some stuff that came out of that boy <clears throat> my grandfather yeah, was same thing this- and he'd eat that crap all through the rest of his life there was definitely something about um, like every meal had to have a vegetable. Yeah. And, you know, the, some of the vegetables that we preferred at some point, again, it's just over and over. You're having them over and over. We actually talked about this more more recently. Remember your whole winter garden and, you know, how much more can we eat of turnips? And so I'm sure that it was like, OK, we're going to have a different type of vegetable. Right. You know, and it doesn't matter how much butter or seasoning you put on it. It's just a bad blend prepared that way like coming from that frozen and then thawed sense um but you know today i enjoy all three of those vegetables um, so i just did a uh, a google search about depression and era recipes mm-hmm. there's actually some really good recipes that came out of the the, the depression okay well maybe yeah. we should consider some of those for for um you know recipe of the day i'm about to make country fish chowder i can tell you that much Mm, oh, no, no, maybe good, we shouldn't. Boy. Yeah, <laughs> you don't like fish chowder. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think I only know about or I only have only had clam chowder, which again, it's it's a creamy soup. So I'm I'm a fan of any creamy soup. Oh yeah, you're you're good. Mm-hmm. When you move down here, because the petition's almost full, we're gonna have country fish chowder. So the very first one when I did the search was Grandma Pruitt's vinegar pie. I mean, yep. I just I'm that's not the one I got on. to. I'm not yeah. even vinegar pie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to know what that really has in it, but yeah, okay. Would you like a fork or a spoon? <laughs> or a straw? <laughs> straw, yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, look. Well, I mean, you know what? That's a good thing to say because if you don't transition your garden correctly, you're going to be eating vinegar pie. So get out there. Get your hands dirty and cut your damn vegetables and enjoy them, everybody. Here, here. So, <clears throat> thank you so much for being here. Check out the first season of Backyard Kitchen available for free on Tubi. And patron, links below. One-time donation, link below. Please help support the podcast and keep us going because we love talking to you about gardening. Everybody, enjoy your spring gardens and um, be safe out there. Put on a hat. Don't get your head burned. And uh, wear a glove. So stop digging under your tomato plants and planting seeds under them because that's never been what Ben has recommended. So if you too thought that, I know nobody else thought it. If you too thought that, we both were wrong. (laughs) 
see ya. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. Over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com. And then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens. And don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.